Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. I'm David Grosso, and you're listening to Follow the Prophet. I'm David Grosso here with another episode of Follow the Prophet. Today, we're going to talk about a U.S. territory that has been constantly in the news in recent years. I'm talking, of course, about Puerto Rico, a beautiful island. If you've never been there, I've been there many times. I love Puerto Rico. It's a great vacation destination. But these days, we mostly hear about Puerto Rico unfortunately, in a negative light. And specifically, that's because of Hurricane Maria, which devastated the island in 2017. But as with anything else, in crisis lies opportunity. So we're going to talk to a guy who's living in Puerto Rico, and he's the CEO of Invest in Puerto Rico, an organization that has brought thousands of jobs and millions of dollars into the territory. And if you haven't uh, heard about it, Puerto Rico is actually the home to a big group of entrepreneurs who are moving there for many, many reasons. And we're going to talk about that today in our episode. So joining me is Roderick Miller. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So Puerto Rico, you know, I we tend to think of Puerto Rico as two things. One, of course, one of the largest Hispanic groups living in the United States. And two, amazing weather and beaches. 
But for your job, you try to entice companies and entrepreneurs to move to Puerto Rico. Why Puerto Rico? You know, it's 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 a great question. It's it's uh, at the core of what we do day in and day out. Uh, our organization, Invest Puerto Rico, was set up specifically for the purpose of promoting Puerto Rico as a destination location for high-impact companies. In other words, we are measured based on our ability to bring in quality jobs to the market and, and private investment. And uh, and it's very simple. We go out and we meet with business uh, leaders, decision makers, C-suite executives, investors to tell the story of Puerto Rico. Uh, we try to shift the narrative of Puerto Rico on a, on a global scale. Uh, we, we're trying to shift it from one of crisis to one of opportunity and resilience. And, and we try to provide quality data and access to information for them to make good decisions. Well, and, and then and that, and that brings us to your question. Rod, you still haven't answered my question. Why Puerto Rico? Uh, it's, a very, it's, it's very simple. You're talking about uh, a place that has the highest concentration of women engineers in the entire country. You're talking about the sixth largest uh, concentration of STEM graduates in the world. Uh, a 35 by 100 island that has 88 universities, uh, the number one pharmaceutical manufacturer in the country. Uh, um, none of the, uh, you notice that we've not talked about tourism or any of that stuff. Tourism is only about 7% of our economy. So while many people think of Puerto Rico as a tourism hub, uh, we're really, quite frankly, uh, kind of a business uh, hub not for the region. And we'd like to, and we'd like to grow um, business even more. And so we, we try to tell the story of why. One dollar invested in Puerto Rico is going to yield more than one dollar invested somewhere else. And we believe that really comes down to the caliber of the talent that we have here, uh, the moxiness of this of this of this market in terms of trying to do something different. And and of course, we've got world class incentives that uh, help facilitate those investments. Yeah, let's talk about one of those incentives. Perhaps the most famous one that I hear a lot from these crypto millionaires is much lower taxes. I mean, uh, but specifically, almost no federal tax. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, that's one of those things where we, we, we um, Puerto Rico recognizes some of the challenges that it's had, whether you're talking about uh, the storms of the past or whether or the financial crisis. And unfortunately, we're coming out of all of that. But one of the things that Puerto Rico has been very uh, judicious about is leveraging uh, one of the, the benefits of uh, its being a territory is, is some control over its tax policy. And so in that, and, and, and these incentives are very clearly to offset, you know, uh, perceived challenges or in some cases perhaps real challenges and really make the market attractive. So anyone that moves a business here that's doing exporting or uh, exporting either a good or a service, the corporate income tax rate for those businesses is uh, uh, 4%. Uh, and then for the individual that moves here more than half the year, and makes uh, appropriate investment. There are caveats to all these things, but uh, their personal income tax goes to zero zero percent. And so that's a that's, pretty compelling that's a comp pretty compelling case to move into Puerto Rico by itself, which is you know you can move to Puerto Rico, make an investment that matters in a place that matters, and actually uh, be better off from a tax perspective because of it. And so we 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 definitely don't shy away from that. But what we find is that while some may be attractive because of our tax code. Um, people come and they stay because of the value that we offer as a business market. So for someone like you, Roderick, when you move to Puerto Rico, do you immediately see a rise in your salary? Because, I mean, a lot of times federal taxes specifically, never mind state taxes, right, in places like New York and California, that's that's a big chunk of your take-home pay. 
Yes, if if one meets the meets the qualifications in terms of of making the kind of investment uh, on the island, etc., then yes, they would they would see a, a bump in there and and what they what they take home. And and it's a great it's a great value that the market really really provides. And I will say this, Puerto Rico, that's just one of many incentives. For example, there's a young entrepreneurs incentive that for entrepreneurs under the age of 35, the first half a million dollars of uh, that they earn in income is tax free. Uh, and they don't necessarily have to be in, 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 in one of the other businesses that, that's exporting a service. It's just because they're a young entrepreneur that's chosen to come to the market of Puerto Rico. Um, there's also uh, uh, special tax breaks for doctors and healthcare professionals because we want to make sure that we build up our healthcare system. So Puerto Rico's really tried to leverage its incentive code in a very strategic way to build an economy that not just, you know, allows people to earn more money, but builds an economy that's competitive in terms of the types of talent and the types of investment um, that we have here on the island. So what's it like living over there? So, and how long have you been there? Tell me about it. It's a hard job, but someone has to do it. (laughs) Uh, No, I've been here about three years and and I love it. I'm also, you know, I'm a father with four children uh, and, and a wife. So it's interesting bringing a family over here and having them actually have a different kind of experience. You know, my kids go to a school that's uh, a bilingual, and, you know, and they're all speaking Spanish at different levels, but they're all speaking Spanish. And that's great. Um, for fun on the weekend, we might go to one of the charcos or watering holes, you know, 10 or 15 minutes from our house, or we may go hiking in the mountains. Uh, so the lifestyle is a lifestyle that's very attractive as well. Um, you know, and Puerto Rico is one of those places that m- most people um, but for a conversation with me or someone like me, often doesn't think of it as a place to live, but it's an absolutely um, fantastic place to live because uh, you have uh, five different ecosystems in 35 by 100 square miles. You have easy access to the United States and you have a warm uh, culture and, and, and with friendly people. So uh, Puerto Rico is a, a great option. So what happens, so I come from, you know, I recently moved away from there, Orlando. We have half a million Puerto Ricans living in Central Florida now. In fact, I used to work for the Telemundo affiliate there, and they recently announced that they're going to start sharing the Orlando news in San Juan and vice versa, because these communities are so connected. Is part of your work trying to attract the diaspora back? Because as we know, there are more Puerto Ricans in the living in the United States than on the actual island. So a big part of what, the way we see our value, we're not just trying to bring jobs. We're trying to bring. Uh, we're trying to build an economy strategically, and there are several pillars of that. But one of the most important pillars is really smart people. Uh, uh, the, the the number one driver of investment decisions by companies is can I find people with the capacity, with the skills, with the to help my company be more innovative and be more productive. And in Puerto Rico, unfortunately, our number one export is really smart people. I mentioned the 88 universities earlier. I could also talk about, you know, the the fact that we've got the leading number of uh, astronauts uh, or scientists working at at NASA. There are a whole variety of things where Puerto Ricans have been able to gain world-class education on the island, or, or go stateside for these, uh, this education, and we struggle to gain that talent back because, um, by and large, salaries are about 30% less than the island. And so you tell any young person, especially uh, coming out of school, just by hopping on a fl- plane and going to Florida, your salary is going to take a 30% bump. Uh, that uh, that's becomes very attractive. And part of what we, we're trying to do in Best Puerto Rico is figure out how do we actually 
push the quality of jobs on the island up so that they so that we can attract more people and, and bring many of the people who have left back home. We find by and large um, that people that are from the island want to come back. Um, but when they leave, many times they maintain the familial relationships but struggle to have the business ones. So there are a variety of efforts across the island uh, from our partners that, like, for example, there's a group called Comprometidos, and they've got a major diaspora initiative trying to bring um, bring um, folks back. I, When I took this job three years ago, I was uh, uh, there were Puerto Ricans that reached out for me from places as far away as Thailand, Sweden, uh, just around the globe. And part of what we recognize is that that talent, uh, we need that talent in Puerto Rico. We need that investment in Puerto Rico. So we're trying to figure out how do we do that. Part of the work that's really interesting is uh, we've opened up an office in New York and we've also opened up an office in San Francisco. And in both of those places, we've got a, a significant number of Puerto Ricans who've left the island who are now in senior leadership positions in tech and pharma, et cetera, who are all engaged and want and they're asking us for ways of how to work with us to help bring uh, new attract, new investment to the island. So that's it's very exciting. So you've been doing this for three years. What type of businesses have you brought to the island? One of the things that we uh, we we brought quite a few businesses. One of the businesses that we get very excited about is biosimilars and cytoimmune. Uh, as I mentioned, Puerto Rico has the largest pharmaceutical manufacturing sector in the country with $14 billion in exports. Uh, last year, uh, 90,000 jobs in that sector on the island. Um, and, and But traditionally, it's been the very big companies. We've got 14 of the 20 largest pharmaceuticals in the world that have, have manufacturing here. Uh, and so uh, what we've seen as of late is we've been able to bring in more on the research and development side of that. And, uh, and specifically in new technologies, we have a history, deep history in pills, generics, some of those things, and we'll continue to work in those. But th for example, this company, uh, but these companies are uh, gene cell therapies, more like personalized medicine. So they figure out how to actually use gene cells to solve for issues ranging from blindness to cancer uh, to, to other major challenges. Another good company that, that, that we recently brought here was called uh, Seven Eagle, and Seven Eagle is a company uh, in the tech space, a cybersecurity company, and we worked on that uh, with uh, with our partners at the Department of Economic Development, but also with uh, Politecnica, one of las universidades, Politecnica, one of the universities here, and uh, that company is training veterans and their spouses in cybersecurity, and they also provide cybersecurity consulting services. So those are the kinds of th things that we're doing, uh, and we're excited. Just this past year, we were able to bring 5,000 new jobs to the market uh, with an average wage of those jobs of 66,000 a year. So we want to bring more jobs, jobs with better wages, and, and ideally higher quality investment that repositions Puerto Rico for kind of a long-term uh, long uh, economic sustainability. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Most of the time I spend my time, Roderick, trying to explain to people that government isn't as large of a force as people think. But I think Puerto Rico is one of those counterexamples, right? It's in a weird political situation with the mainland United States. And additionally, a lot of the recession in Puerto Rico, which has been ongoing really for more than a decade, has a lot to do with Congress and expiring tax credits and the pharmaceutical industry leaving, et cetera. What part of your job is political to make sure that in Washington, they're paying attention to Puerto Rico? Because a lot of Puerto Rico's problems, contrary to popular belief, are political. They're made up by Washington politicians. Yeah, I I think that the the, the two hundred year history of Puerto Rico as a, a territory of the United States and the five hundred year 
history of Puerto Rico as a territory or colony in general has has been one that's really the the island of Puerto Rico has struggled to um, uh, really uh, uh, drive its own fate and, and determine its own path. Uh, and of course, currently the the, the federal government uh, makes a lot of those decisions regarding kind of uh, policy as it relates to investment policy as it relates to opportunity in Puerto Rico. Uh, from 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 my chair. Uh, we work with whatever administration's in office to make sure that they have good good information about the market. Uh, in many cases, while Puerto Rico is part of the United States, it seems otherworldly to Washington politicians, and it becomes a uh, it becomes a talking point versus actually a meaningful discussion. So, a, a lot of my job is spending time with the the legislators and and the uh, executive branch as well to make sure that they understand. Uh, what the economy of Puerto Rico looks like and why Puerto Rico's, in many cases, a solution for many of the challenges on the mainland. Last year, when the pandemic happened, of course, we were all floored, but our economic development strategy at that time was not really focused in terms of attracting more pharmaceutical companies because we didn't see a path prior to the pandemic of those companies choosing to move back towards the mainland or near shore because the cost differential was just too great. But when it became evident that American citizens were not going to have access to the needed um, uh, equipment and the needed uh, medical uh, supplies, they needed Puerto Rico spring into action and, and have been able to actually be part of the solution in shoring up the supply chain in the pharmaceutical sector. So it's a very interesting dance that we're on one hand, um, many American uh, mainland people and politicians don't know a lot about Puerto Rico. But on the other hand, Puerto Rico plays such a big role in uh, providing needed uh, medical equipment as well as uh, as uh, medical uh, pharmaceutical products to support the mainland. And, uh, and that's a point of pride here on the island. Yeah, I have a friend who owns a pharmacy in Miami. And when Hurricane Maria hit, her number one complaint was, I'm out of IVs, I'm out of bags, I'm out of generics. And it was a lot because those products come from Puerto Rico. And a lot of the things you see in hospitals and in pharmacies are sourced from the island. So I want to talk about one very specific political issue, because a lot of times politics, we speak in, you know, generalities and, you know, whatnot. But there's a specific law on the books. I'm referring to the Jones Act of 1917. And if people don't know what that is, it's basically that, you know, you have to use an American ship to ship things inside of the United States, which really doesn't matter for most of us, right? But for Puerto Rico, that means if you have Dominican sugarcane, right, you have to put it on an American boat most of the time, take it to Jacksonville, Florida, and then bring it back to Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico has higher costs across the board because of this antiquated law. And I think it's really nonsense that that still exists, or at least why isn't there an exemption for Puerto Rico? So are you guys working to try to repeal the Jones Act? No and yes. And, and so I'll answer that very <laughs> carefully. The, the no is that we do not do any lobbying. Um, we, uh, given our status, we really focus on educating about different, uh, about different policies and their impact. So we don't uh, really address things from a political lens. That said, uh, uh, the Jones Act, uh, you, you summarized it very well, and it creates a, an unequal opportunity for Puerto Rico to participate in the global economy because of goods being uh, higher costs uh, coming into the island. And they also represent a challenge in terms of uh, uh, Puerto Rico's ability to compete, even in terms of uh, as a logistics hub, uh, given our strategic location there, 
the airport and our three uh, international airports, there are some things that where we could be competing on a global scale uh, uh, that that are, are also inhibited by the Jones Act, both from the from the port perspective and then from the air perspective, uh, the air transshipment issue. And we were able to fortunately recently get a waiver, uh, a two year waiver. Uh, so that goods coming in through the air would not have to pay uh, uh, exorbitant fees for loading and unloading goods and cargo and people. And so we've had we've had very bad policy uh, uh, that in terms of its economic impacts, both in terms of the Jones Act, as well as uh, prior restrictions regarding air cargo. Yeah, and I hate this. A lot of times, you know, really, if you want to think about poverty in Puerto Rico, it, the cost of living is an invisible tax on everyone. So I, I would be highly for maybe not repealing the Jones Act, but maybe, you know, giving Puerto Rico a break. They've been through enough. So how about debt in Puerto Rico? So a lot of the initiatives, I imagine your initiative, and I haven't asked you this, comes out of the restructuring of the massive amounts of debt. I think last time I checked, it was in the mid 80s of billions of dollars, almost the same as the state of New York, which is, of course, a much larger economy. So what is Puerto Rico doing, uh, you know, politically and economically to solve its debt problems and to build the economy of tomorrow? Yeah, very good question. I mean, one of the things is, so one of the things that happened is initially, uh, Puerto Rico wanted to go through a bankruptcy project pro uh, process internally, and that was vetoed by Congress, but ultimately there was a solution that was re reached through the Fiscal Oversight and Management Board. And so now there's a Fiscal Oversight and Management Board that's in place that has been in charge of uh, figuring out how to restructure the debt and how to uh, ideally uh, make sustainable investments. One of the one of the uh, uh, one of the tension points that we navigate with the with the group such as the Fiscal Oversight and Management Board, and I think they made some very good decisions regarding kind of reallocation of a a assets and uh, restructuring uh, uh, the debt. Um, but it, there's a tension between the idea of cutting. Um, of, of cutting uh, programs and cutting uh, uh, things and, and the idea of investing. And I think that's a kind of a dance that Puerto Rico is going to continue to need to navigate. Uh, you can't cut your way out of, uh, out of some of the pain that we're in. Some of it is actually you have to grow your way out of it, invest your way out of it. And that's an, uh, an ongoing challenge. For example, we, we launched something called Impeller recently, which is a program aimed to bring more private investors to invest in projects on the island. Um, because we know that there needs to be kind of private investment on the island, there needs to be smart public policy on the island, and there needs to be kind of a thoughtfulness about where we want to go uh, in terms of uh, the type of economy we want long term. I would say historically I don't think there's been enough foresight around thinking what kind of economy do we want 5, 10, 15 years, and I think you know the process of restructuring the debt is actually creating that room for Puerto Rico for the first time in a very long time to, to look out into the future and say, how do we build where we want to be? Well, I think you're absolutely correct. That oversight board is also, you know, finally bringing much needed change to politics, which is funny because Puerto Ricans are, are, are a group that are highly studied by political scientists because on the island, they have some of the highest turnout rates in the world for elections. If you know anything about Puerto Rican culture, politics is the national pastime in Puerto Rico. But for some reason, when Puerto Ricans migrate to the United States, they don't vote in as large numbers as they do 
on the island. So I think what you're saying, the fiscal oversight board, you know, finally trying to sway politics towards long-term thinking is a very positive development in Puerto Rico. So, and speaking of long-term development, I want to ask you about the grid in Puerto Rico, because we saw Elon Musk, you know, talking about how he was going to help Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. People were without power for months. I have a friend who spent over a year working on the grid and, you know, helping people in Puerto Rico. How... How is that going over there? Are the lights on? Do they stay on? Do they still need investments in their grid? I mean, I will tell you what's really exciting. We've got over $80 billion in, in federal investment coming down the pipe in the island to rebuild the entire uh, infrastructure, not just the electrical side of things, but also uh, the road infrastructure, the schools. Uh, and so I think that's what's really ex exciting is that we're at a place where we're seeing the kind of investments needed to sustain and make the economy competitive over time. Um, the, the reality is, you know, there are always ups and downs in these, but there's a partnership between the prep of the island's utility as well as Luma, uh, a private firm, to try and figure out how to, you know, get to the generation levels that we need to be as well as to get to the distribution at the level we need to. There's been a goal set that by 2050, the island would be 100% renewable. And uh, so that's uh, been a very uh, aggressive law, and uh, we're seeing activity not just from the private side, we're, uh, from or from the from the utility side, but we're seeing a lot of private activity. Uh, we run an energy committee that has over thirty different uh, uh, alternative energy companies from around the globe that are working with Puerto Rican businesses, working with Puerto Rico residential pro uh, projects, working with Puerto Rican municipalities to figure out how do we actually provide a level of continuity, resiliency, redundancy in terms of the power supply. So those are things, you know, that uh, that are, are par for the course after a major uh, uh, after a major disaster such as, you know, earthquakes or, or hurricanes. But uh, I'm optimistic that we're, we're moving down the right path. So how do you end up in Puerto Rico? We've talked a lot about your job and the organization. I know we went to the same school. We both studied government. How did you, your wife, and your four children end up leaving the mainland for paradise? What's your secret? You know, it, there I was, I, for the last 20 years, I've been working on uh, uh, economic development, uh, led the recovery of uh, New Orleans uh, after Hurricane Katrina, led the recovery of uh, Detroit during the bankruptcy of the city. And uh, when this opportunity emerged, I was at a place personally where I wanted to actually uh, be able to provide my family with the, with the global, uh, a different experience. And so it was the right opportunity at the right time. And my background happened to align with where this organization was trying to go. Um, it's, it's been a great journey. Uh, uh, you know, uh, doing economic development is, 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 there's not really anything I'd rather do because part of, part of what I love about it is the, the breadth of the uh, skills, um, whether we're working on an issue related to workforce development or a marketing campaign to attract new companies or working with uh, or working with our energy committee to figure out how to help a, a new facility, a new um, a manufacturer that's coming to town have the level of backup support they need. Um, this 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 field is really a, a field that I enjoy doing and, and, and to have the opportunity to do it in such an amazing place. It has such tremendous promise, smart people, uh, a beautiful landscape, uh, a rich history and culture, a bilingual, a, mar uh, a bilingual workforce, and the list goes on and on and on and on. It's really a dream come, tr come true, so I love what I do.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from RYOBI. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the RYOBI 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the RYOBI leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with RYOBI's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day Savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A so what parallels do you see because i've been to new orleans and detroit i especially like new orleans who doesn't like new orleans beignets and good music and fun what parallels do you see from places in the united states that are actually pretty economically competitive you're talking about three places that where the cost of doing business is fairly low there's a lot of culture there's a lot of existing infrastructure and there's a lot of untapped talent. So is it an easy sell? But I think they also have one negative thing in common, which is, uh, what's the polite way to say this? Uh, corruption, low levels of, you know, economic development that exists. So how do you, how do you market these type of places that are not, you know, historically associated with wealth, like New York and San Francisco, we'll say. It's it's an interesting quandary. I, I would I would say you know these are places that have 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 uh, struggled 
and 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 part of the struggle have been there are a few things that you find in common in these kinds of markets that there is a some sort of precipitous event that kind of pushes them over and and but if you look at the history uh of these places prior to that that event occurring they were already down a path where there was challenging Puerto, uh, new orleans back in 1950 was probably i don't know close to a million people um detroit Excuse me, Detroit in the early 50s, in 1954, had about 2 million people. Uh, Puerto Rico in 2010 had 3.8 million, and now they have, and we have 3.2. Uh, so what you see is that there's this path of population decline. Um, there is also kind of a, this idea of over-dependence on one industry or one or two industries in Detroit. It was, of course, the automotive industry. In the case of New Orleans, it was a combination of tourism and and uh, and the uh, and the um, and the oil sector, uh, and so what? What? So over dependence on one industry, um, a population decline, and kind of an unwillingness to accept changes that are happening in the global economy, and really kind of move to those changes. In, in Detroit, it was kind of we make big cars. It doesn't matter that there is going to be more uh, uh, fuel-efficient cars coming out of Asia or more luxury cars coming out of Europe. We make big cars, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to turn our head to the kind of the changing global tide. Um, in the case of, uh, of uh, Puerto Rico, you've got a place that has a lot of great stuff going for it, but has had had a policy, I would say, as it relates to um, developing the economy that was solely reliant on incentives. And where we've tried to shift the conversation is that incentives are great, but you actually have to have a value proposition that means that the market's going to make more sense. So those types of things are kind of the things that you see as trends in common of these different markets. Uh, what, what, why I am bullish on these markets is because I also believe that there is an inherent bias and racism in our society where we look at communities of black and brown people and we tend to see those as deficits versus uh, being places that are assets. And the number one driver of investment decision by companies is having access to smart people. And so we take an investment thesis that if you invest in people and actually elevate people and, and see them as assets versus as li versus liabilities, you can actually create something that's different. So I would say in New Orleans that the same funkiness, the sexiness, and the cool that you see in the food uh, it, it translates into innovation in companies when people are given the right skills to actually be able to apply that, 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 that flavor that makes New Orleans New Orleans. In Detroit, we would say, you know, the same ability to be able to make a really cool Cadillac uh, translates into the ability to be able to make a really cool Shinola watch. Uh, in the case of uh, Puerto Rico, that innovation that we've seen in that moxie that's allowed this community to thrive despite natural disasters, uh, governmental challenges and other things, is the same thing that will allow us to reposition our economy for the next generation of, uh, of, uh, of pharmaceuticals and the next generations of crypto and other other innovations. That's the that's the opportunity that we have. Yeah, I guess these types of places. You, I go back to the beginning of the conversation. I think they are very competitive, and I think what you're saying is true. It also has a lot to do with the people who are making these investment decisions. Literally, don't go to these places. So it's also a, it's also a cultural thing beyond you know institutional bias. It's our our like favorite thing just, to do, our favorite thing to do at Invest Puerto Rico, is to get a group of five to seven investors who know very little about the island and take them for two or three days around the island to allow them to meet business leadership, see what's happening in their sectors. And without a doubt, 
eight out of nine times when once we do that, companies are like, ah, oh, we think we probably need to come here and actually do something. Yeah, we had, well, we had a perception it's and it's nothing like the reality. Yeah, I guess over time, uh, people. So Detroit was once the wealthiest city in the world, as you well know. And, you know, over time, it developed this reputation for just falling behind. And it seems like in today's world, falling behind begets more falling behind, begets more falling behind. And as you were saying, these events kind of nudge these whole regions into just oblivion, economic oblivion. And sometimes it takes concerted efforts to kind of, you know, put the train back on track. But I think in an era of such high costs in places like where I'm sitting in Los Angeles, in New York, you know, and other places, it only seems natural for companies to want to insure to low cost markets like New Orleans, Detroit and Puerto Rico. That's, that's absolutely right. And, you know, we, we the idea of that these markets have significant investments coming into them to kind of rebuild and restructure also creates an, an opportunity for innovative companies that say, oh, I can actually be a part of the decision-making framework and pushing this economy towards something where it can leapfrog others in terms of technology access and, and, and those types of opportunities. So we, we you know, that, that this idea of, uh, of Puerto Rico, New Orleans, Detroit having these challenges is very real, but I also think because of those challenges, the opportunity is greater to actually build something distinct, different, and new. Um, one of the things that the pandemic really underscored was that if your market hasn't had a shock yet, it will. Uh, and and a lot of the uh, a lot of times in meeting with companies, it's about the markets that know how to respond to shock. Places like Puerto Rico uh, uh, that are able to kind of uh, navigate their way through kind of the economic turmoil that we all know is pending. Uh, a lot of times I'll tell companies, I say, you know, there's this idea about what Puerto Rico is, but, you know, you've got fires in California, you've got hurricanes in Florida. Um, there are challenges everywhere. Wouldn't you want to be somewhere that knows how to actually deal with those things and keep on going? We've got some of the highest levels of worker loyalty in the entire country. You're talking two, three percent. You know, I was here when the earthquakes happened the other year and literally two days later, everybody was back out working kind of like we took a licking, but we're going to keep on ticking. And I think that's a big part of the beauty of, uh, of Puerto Rico. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I want to end with this. I'm surprised. You know, someone I've interviewed a lot, and I'm sure you know who she is, is Stacey Plaskett. She is, you know, the non-voting member of Congress from the U.S. Virgin Islands, right there next door. Also a very beautiful place. I'm surprised that all the U.S. territories haven't come together to kind of present their value proposition because we don't really think about them, right? I mean, I'm someone who grew up in Florida, so I grew up going to the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico all the time. But they're not really on our political radar. We seem to be distracted with other sorts of, you know, political division. We don't really think about, you know, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, you know, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico. And they all seem to have similar problems, which is, of course, that, you know, they're they're blessed to be part of the United States, but that gives them some strategic economic disadvantages compared to countries with much weaker currencies, right? Like if you're the Mexico or Honduras, you have a much weaker currency than the dollar, and that makes you much more cost competitive. But on the other hand, we live in an era where offshoring is under fire, because as we saw, supply chains are a mess. And we can't really depend on pixie dust and cargo ships to power our economy. 
So I guess my question is, how are we not hearing about this more in the mainstream news right now? Are we not connecting the dots that, you know, the reason why our shelves are empty is because our territories are underdeveloped? You know, you, you, you made some very great points there. I, I would say, you know, it's a very it's very hard to cut through. Uh, uh, cut through the noise and actually be able to to, to get the kind of audience uh, I would say in mainstream media around many of the things that we're doing here in Puerto Rico. It's just you know it's it's just tough. Um, part of part of what we've done, of course, we've got a major uh, PR firm representing us out of New York, and we've got a uh, and we've got a, a, a we got about seven million dollars in one time funding to actually promote the the island that we've got to spend in the next six months. But we're trying to ring the bell as loudly as we can. Uh, a big reason why, you know, many don't hear about us in the mainstream is because uh, our organizations have relatively small budgets, so we have to be quite surgical with our investments in media. So, for example, we've got a we did a campaign in ten cities last year, a social media campaign in ten city, cities, but it was really around pharmaceuticals and the in the value proposition for Puerto Rico. As it relates to pharmaceuticals, we'll be launching a greater value proposition campaign shortly, where we'll you'll see us in some of the major airports around the United States uh, talking about why Puerto Rico. Uh, and, and so we're very surgical in terms of going after specific demographic of companies uh, and, and specific markets that are high cost, high tax markets, so that we can tell our story there to, to those that uh, can actually help uh, make these investments. But I encourage everyone to, to you know, visit our site, investpr.org, as, well as, uh, as well as share the word. If you've not been to Puerto Rico yet, now is a, a great time to come. Well, you know, hopefully one day I have a revenue problem so bad and, you know, my businesses are so booming that I can call you up, Roderick, and say, you know what? I'm thinking about moving to Puerto Rico because, you know, between the incentives, the culture, the language that's near and dear to my heart, as my family's from a neighboring island of Cuba, which is uh, another podcast for another day. That seems like that need, would need 10 podcasts. But uh, I really appreciate your time, Roderick, and I'm really glad we connected. David, please have me back. I enjoyed this. This was a hoot. Hablamos pronto. Cuídate. Muchas gracias. So that was a really fun conversation. I always think of Puerto Rico because it's a place that's really close to me. You know, my brother's partner, she's from Puerto Rico. And it's a place that I've really liked going to growing up, especially since we didn't have the habit of going to Cuba. So instead, we went to Puerto Rico, where I had a lot of family. You know, I speak the language, and I'm very close to the issue. And I want to thank Roderick for really walking us through the value proposition that Puerto Rico has. But I want to remind our audience that Puerto Rico is a painful reminder of how a lot of times Congress is the problem. The laws on the books are the problem. The work Roderick is doing is very important. The tax incentives will help Puerto Rico enormously, but Puerto Rico needs a fair shake in Washington. They need to repeal laws that are increasing the cost of living. In a territory that has lower incomes than our poorest state, which if you don't know, that's Mississippi, and they're significantly lower in Puerto Rico, we don't really need to add to the cost of living. And then we wonder why the territory is so far into debt and why so many Puerto Ricans migrate to the mainland. They're voting with their feet because it's just simply too expensive and the economics don't work. But this is a man-made creation. It can be changed. Something called the Jones Act can be repealed. And every now and then it comes up in the news, but we don't hear about it enough. And really, 
I understand the value of the Jones Act. It really protects American shipping interests and American shipmakers, and I'm fine with that. But there should be a waiver for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has been through a lot. A Category 5 hurricane, earthquakes, the expiration of tax incentives that you've probably never heard of, and a nonstop recession and emigration of millions. So I really, really want to promote the idea that the situation in Puerto Rico is solvable, like anywhere else. A lot of times we have to look at all of the tools available to us. And in a lot of those cases, the problems are political, not just economic. So thank you to all of you for joining me for this episode. I love Puerto Rico and I love talking about it. And that's the whole point of Follow the Profit is for you to learn more about what's causing our economic and social problems, and of course, our political problems in today's world. I'd like to thank Roderick again from Invest Puerto Rico. You can check out his work. Just Google him. I'd like to thank our hardworking team of producers, Rob, Scott, Cheyenne, as well as our executive producers, Newt Gingrich and Debbie Myers. I'm your host, David Grasso. If you like the show, give me five stars and leave a review. We read those reviews and we would love to hear your feedback. Follow the Profit is a production of Gingrich 360 and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Gingrich 360 network. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.